my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project UP, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Ooh, we're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. You're listening to the Rock and Roll Heaven Podcast with LD and TJ. Can you dig that, baby? <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome to Rock and Roll Heaven, the podcast where we talk about the lives, careers, and deaths of famous musicians. I am your host, LD. Along with me for the ride, as always, is TJ. Oh, hey. Welcome to our opening act, Oscar edition. So, uh, as you guys know, the Oscars are going to be coming up on the 8th. We have seen almost all of the Best Picture nominees. We're just missing uh, three, which we're going to make up in the next couple of days. So, we're missing 1917, A Marriage Story, and Ford versus Ferrari. I think I've only seen one. What'd you see? <laughs> Little Women. Oh. Yeah. I didn't like it. <laughs> you didn't like it? No. You're weird. I... I... Did not like the nonlinear timeline uh, that was presented in it. Um, I thought it was really cool, though, because, like, you could tell that they were jumping, like, they used the coloring differences to kind of tell you where you were in the story. So it's like everything from the past was super bright and everything in the current was very kind of grayed. It was, it was, it really was actually, cool. I, I watched a, a list of what it got right when it got wrong and Greta Gerwig stated that she had filmed all of the children's sequences in a gold filter right and all the adult sequences in a blue filter yeah and I just didn't care for it oh my god I thought it was awesome I thought it was brilliant we watched Parasite last night and it was bananas I enjoyed it I know it's bananas I'm pretty sure it is not going to win Best Picture, which is a shame because it is fantastic writing, acting, cinematography is absolutely gorgeous, and I, I just loved it. I thought it was great. Um, the Joker was awesome. Uh, what other? 
I thought The Irishman was good, but it was really long. Jojo Rabbit was fantastic. It was a film that should not have worked, but totally did. I've never even heard of that movie. Oh, Jojo Rabbit is phenomenal. It It's a, one of my favorite directors, Taika Waititi and Scarlett Johansson. Taika actually plays Adolf Hitler. Oh my God, Sam Rockwell's in it, and he is amazing. It's just a great film, and it takes a turn halfway through that you don't see coming, and it just it is one of the best films of the year, in my opinion. I loved it. I thought there were moments of brilliance, and if I ever get to meet Taika Waititi, I probably will not be able to get out a legible sentence. Like, it's just going to be a bunch of sounds. <laughs> nice. He's doing Thor Love and Thunder, and he's he did Thor Ragnarok. But also he did a great film called What We Do in the Shadows about vampires, which was hilarious. Uh, he's he's weirdo like me. So, <laughs> of course, I gravitate toward him. Wasn't that a TV show? They made a TV show from the movie on, ah, a, on okay. Amazon. It's like an Amazon Prime oh, no. exclusive thing. And then uh, of the other ones that we saw, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, of course, I am a Tarantino sucker. And I'm I'm going to say... Of the ones I've seen so far, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will probably win yeah, Best I, Picture nod. So I think that my my pick for Best Picture is probably going to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I, that one I did want to see, but we haven't seen it yet. If either Jojo Rabbit, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, or The Joker take it, or Parasite take it, I'll be totally fine. But you'll be mad if Little Women takes it? Totally. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I love Greta Gerwig. Lady Bird was phenomenal, and I cried through like half of it because I'm like this is the same relationship me and my mother have so I, I haven't seen that one yet it's I have it earmarked though it's really good it's I'm I'm sorry that I made Will sit through it <laughs> oh really that's a great regret that I have but I I think Why? Greta Gerwig is a phenomenal director and I am upset that she did not get the nomination for the best director why are you sad that you made Will sit through it? Because Chip was the one that flagged it as something he wanted to watch. Because um, he looked bored the whole time. Oh, I see. <laughs> so today we're actually going to be talking about another nomination category. Of course, we have to be music related here. So now we're going to be talking God. about... <laughs> something I actually know about. <laughs> we're going to be talking about the Academy Award for Best Song. So I want to give you guys a little bit of background on the actual award itself. It is given annually to people working in the motion picture industry by the Academy, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science, which is the AMPS. It's presented to the songwriters who have composed the best original song written specifically for a film. The performers of the song are not credited with the Academy Award unless they contributed to either the music, lyrics, or both in their own right. So that's why... If This Is Me would have won, Kiel Settle, who sang the song, would not have gotten the award, which is a bummer because she's brilliant. Fair enough. <sighs> the songs that are nominated for this award are performed during the ceremony, and this is before the award is presented. So those are dropped in throughout the entire ceremony. The award category was introduced at the 7th Academy Awards, the ceremony honoring the best film for 1934. Nominations are made by Academy members who are songwriters and composers, and the winners are chosen by the Academy membership as a whole. Until the Academy Awards for 1945, awarded in 1946, any number of songs could have been nominated for the award. For the 1945 awards, 14 songs were nominated, which I think is just too much. 
That's a lot of songs. From 1946 to 2011, each member of the music branch of the Academy was asked to vote using a point system of 10, 9.5, 9, 8.5, etc., all the way to six points. Only those songs that would receive an average score of 8.25 were eligible for nominations. If no song qualified, there would be no nominees. And if only one song achieved that score, it and if the song receives the next highest score, those two would be nominated. What? Basically, if like only one song got that many votes, they would pick the next highest scoring one to be nominated alongside of it. I see. Yeah. It was a muddled system. <laughs> yeah. The system usually resulted in the five nominations for each year, except for 2010 when four were nominated. That would be in the years 1988, 2005, and 2008, when only three were nominated, and in 2011, when only two were nominated. Following the two-song competition in 2011, the rules were changed once more. The number of nominations is now contingent upon the number of submissions. Depending on the number received by the Academy, there would be five, three, or no nominations each year. Since then, there have always been five nominees except for 2013 when one was disqualified. The first film to receive multiple nominations was Fame in 1980. Only four films have featured three nomination songs, which is Beauty and the Beast, The Lion King, Dreamgirls, and Enchanted. Dreamgirls and Enchanted lost on every nomination. An Inconvenient Truth original song, I Need to Wake Up, defeated all three nominations from Dreamgirls, while Falling Slowly from Once defeated all of Enchanted's nominations. After these two consecutive defeats, a new rule was instituted in June of 2008 that a film could have no more than two songs nominated. Jeez. So many rules. So many rules. Okay, so here's a fun fact. Trivia question for you. Oh, God. What studio do you think holds the most nominations for best songs? I have no idea. I don't know. You don't know? No. Okay. <laughs> Again, this is all film stuff. I, I know nothing about film stuff. The film with the most nominations by a studio was actually Paramount Pictures. Okay. Followed by 20th Century Fox, and then MGM, and then Disney. Okay. Fourth on the list, though. Like, think about how many Disney songs there are and how many are so iconic. Yeah, but not that many have been nominated it's got, they've got 14. It's more than I've got. Well, yeah, but I mean, over the history of the Academy Awards and Disney, it's not that many. No, but Disney's been around longer than, like, film has. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> That's incorrect. Because <laughs> it can't be. <laughs> All right, so let's talk a little bit about eligibility, and then we'll move on to the fun part. There must be a clearly audible, intelligible, and sustainable rendition not necessarily visually presented of both lyrics and melody used in the body of the motion picture or as the first music cue in the end credits. So basically, it can't be background music. It's got to be... It's got to be significant. Significant. Like, okay. like this is me in The Greatest Showman, or any other piece of music montages, dance sequences. Right. It's not just playing in a cafe while the two people talk. Right. Right. It's, a, you know, a character sitting in the car while it's raining, looking longingly out at the middle distance. It's got to be that. Yeah. The original requirement was only that the nominated song appear in a motion picture during the previous year. 
This rule was changed after 1941 when the last time I saw Paris from the film Lady Be Good with music by Jerome Kern and lyrics by Oscar Hammerstein II won. Kern was upset that the song won because it had been published and recorded before its use in the film. The song was actually written in 1940 after the Germans occupied Paris at the start of World War II. It was recorded by Kate Smith and peaked at number eight on the bestseller list before it was actually used in the film. Yeah, that shouldn't count. Yeah, well, it, it got changed. It should be specific to the movie. Yeah, it's it. I and so that's the current rule, huh? Yep. Kern got the Academy to change the rule that the songs were originally written specifically for the motion picture are eligible to win. Songs that rely on sampled or re- reworked material along with cover versions, remixes, and parodies such as Gangsta's Paradise, which samples Pastime Paradise by Stevie Wonder in the 1995 film Dangerous Minds, are also ineligible. That was a great film. It really was. Michelle Pfeiffer was just fierce. She still is. Yes, she is. I wouldn't get into a fight with Michelle Pfeiffer. Nope. Nope. She was Catwoman. I was just going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) This rule means that when a film is adapted from a previously produced stage production... None of the existing songs from the musical are eligible. As a result... Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Because Hamilton, they're trying to turn into a movie. Yeah, he'll probably... Well, hang on. He'll probably add a song. So, as a result, many recent film adaptations of musicals have included songs which could be nominated, such as You Must Love Me from the 1996 film Evita, which won, and Listen, Love You, I Do, Patience in the 2006 films Dreamgirls, and Suddenly, which is not that great of a song. In the 2012 film Les Miserables. I love Hugh Jackman. I think he's a gem. I, I Jensen him. Will loves Hugh Jackman. I cannot take him singing. Isn't he supposed too... to be a good singer? His like high vibrato is not great. Oh. I don't mind him when he's in like his lower register, but then he like tries to hit these high notes and you're just like, stop Wolverine. <laughs> stop. <laughs> There's a debate whether or not the composers of Oscar award-winning song Falling Slowly were in fact eligible. Falling Slowly had been released on two other albums. The same issue arose two years earlier with In the Deep from Crash, which appeared on Bird York's 2003 album The Velvet Hour, after being written for Crash but before the film was released. The current Academy rules state that an eligible song must be recorded for use in the motion picture prior to any other uses. So recordings released prior to the film will not disqualify a song as long as the film version was recorded before then. There's so many rules. So many rules. It sucks. There's so, (laughs) so many rules. But we land on our songs. So. Okay. (laughs) When do we get to the part where we just listen and judge them? We're we're getting there. (laughs) So. Me and TJ wanted to do something different and fun for this episode. And I just want to give you guys a little bit of background on the actual award itself and like what it takes to be eligible and how many there were. So that, that ends our history lesson for the day. So me and TJ decided that we were going to just sit down. We're going to listen to the nominees for this year's Academy Award for Best Original Song. So our first nominee is... I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away from Toy Story 4, with music and lyrics by Randy Newman. And here's a little bit of a film synopsis. Oh, there's the winner right there. Randy Newman, Toy Story, done. (laughs) Okay, thanks for checking us out, guys. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Uh, Woody and the gang go on a road trip with a new toy, Forky, who was convinced he's trash and doesn't understand his role in the world. Along the way... Woody is unexpectedly reunited with an independent spirit, Bo Peep, and finds himself faced with a decision and a future 
he never imagined. So that's a rundown of the actual movie because I haven't seen it. I've only seen the first Toy Story. I haven't. Me too. All right. So here we go. This is I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away from Toy Story 4. I can't you I can't you I can't you Throw yourself away. Okay, so I revoke Thoughts. my previous comments. <laughs> <laughs> um, no disrespect to Randy Newman, because we know he's a legend. Well, he's written some great songs. He's and written some phenomenal songs, and You Got a Friend is yeah. just such. You Got a Friend, and I like the Monk theme song. Like He's phenomenal, but this song, while it does have like that almost jazzy New Orleans kind of backbeat to it, it's redundant. It's got the, con- it's got the gospel-y sound, and the New Orleans jazzy Dixieland kind of a thing. But mm, it's I don't think it's his best work. I don't I think it's very redundant. I would like to do a count on how often he says I can't let you throw yourself away. Well, that's the gospel away. thing. <laughs> yeah. No, just Randy himself, not the back singers. Well, no, I know, but, but that's just kind of a that's kind of a hallmark of that call and response and like the repeated. But there's know. not much there's not much body to the song. Yeah, I I will save our votes till the end, but it's not looking good, Randy. <laughs> the next song is I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man, a film that I actually did see. And I gotta say, not trying to compare it to Bohemian Rhapsody, but it was not a terrific film in my opinion. Specifically because it didn't know what kind of movie it wanted to be. It didn't know if it wanted to be a biopic or a musical. And... It was very confusing because they'd introduce characters and they wouldn't actually have a proper introduction. So I'm like, who is this guy? Who's that guy? Who's this girl? Who is this person? Why is he wearing that? What's going on? So this is music by Elton John and lyrics by Bernie Taupin. The film synopsis is a shy piano prodigy 
Reginald Dwight embarks on a career in music, transforming him into the international superstar Elton John, an iconic figure in pop culture. There you go. So here is I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man.
So that was I'm Gonna Love Me Again. And the vocals on that, if you guys couldn't tell, were both Elton John and Taryn Egerton, who played Elton in the film. So I love Elton John, but not my favorite song. Same. <laughs> um, I really don't have anything to say about it. It's fine. Like, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I, I, I feel like he wrote this song specifically for the movie, so it would be nominated. Eligible? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. But, like, he didn't write the lyrics. That's the thing. He never writes his lyrics. Oh, he doesn't? I didn't know that. Or he writes the lyrics, but he writes the music. It's in the film. <laughs> it's in the movie. Okay. He has some... It's him and his partner. I see. Like, one of them writes the music and one of them writes the lyrics. It's actually a part in the movie. I see. About that. And he's also worked in the past with people like Tim Rice to do... Aida and I think the Lion King and so he's he's used to having a collaborative partner right okay my mom just texted me she's really excited about the mass singer coming on tomorrow night Jesus. <laughs> you know because the big game is tomorrow we're recording this prior to of course <laughs> prior to the Super Bowl so Super Bowl is happening tomorrow when we're recording this so and I've been avoiding the commercials like the plague because that's my favorite part. Nope, I want to see them. And I refuse to watch the game. So there you go. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for anything like crazy or political. It's just personal reasons. I don't watch the Super Bowl. That's totally fine. I watch it for the commercials and sometimes for the halftime show. Yeah. So our next nominee is I'm Standing With You from Breakthrough. Music and lyrics by Diane Warren. What's a Breakthrough. From the movie Breakthrough. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I guess watch the movie. I don't know. Do you have a synopsis for it? I do have a synopsis. It is... And also Diane Warren. I'm intrigued. Yeah, well, Diane Warren has a great track record with being nominated. Yeah. She was nominated in 1988 for Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now for Mannequin from Up Close and Personal in 1997 with Because You Love Me, 1998 How Do I Live, 1999, one of my favorites, Don't Want to Miss a Thing. 2000, oh, so good. 2000, Music of My Heart, which was, I think, NSYNC and Gloria Stefan. Mm -hmm. There You'll Be in 2002, Grateful 2015, 2016, Till It Happens to You with Lady Gaga, 2018, Standing Up for Something with Common, 2019, I'll Fight. And she was nominated for all those songs and has not won yet. Diane so. Warren is a fantastic songwriter, so I'm rooting for you, girl. I think we found TJ's winner. Well, no, I mean, I got to hear it first because I thought Brandy Newman's would be better than it was, too. So uh. so uh, the synopsis, you ask, is in St. Louis, a teen falls into a frozen lake and is pulled out by a fireman after a life-threatening 15 minutes. When attempts at resuscitation fail, the family inspires the town through faith to bring the boy back to life. What? Yeah. Didn't watch it. So, okay. but maybe the song is amazing. Well, if it's Diane Warren, it's probably going to be amazing. So, let's yeah. see. Okay. Oh, and I should say that Chrissy Metz is the one that's actually going to be singing on the track. Oh, well, that's cool. I like her. When you're hurting, I want you to know that you'll never have to hurt alone when your faith is faith is running low i'll never lose faith in you when the night surrounds you 
And you think that no one cares about you I will go and throw my arms around you I'll be there Through whatever you go Giving up, well, I won't let you Through whatever you go through I'm standing with you I'm standing with you We all got times when we can't be strong When it feels like, like our hope is gone But I'm right here standing with you from breakthrough i liked it no i really liked that one but there again it's diane warren that lady knows how to write a song and especially an <clears> anthem <throat> and i will say chrissy metz has a good voice um if you're not familiar she plays kate on mrs us uh she's got a good voice however i do feel performance wise 
it could have been a little stronger because she doesn't have that pow- that emotional power. Like she's got kind of a little softer. Yeah. Um, but regardless, <laughs> the song is amazing. Uh, so there you go. Yeah, I agree. I really like the song. I think it's really powerful. But given Diane Warren's previous track record, I don't know if it'll I'm not gonna win. Vote, I'm not going to vote based on who is actually going to win. I'm going to vote based on what I like. And I really like this one. Yeah. So it is uh, my first contender okay. <laughs> out of the five. So the next nominee is Stand Up from Harriet, which is by Joshua Brian Campbell and Cynthia Ervo. And I actually did see Harriet and... Haven't heard of it. <laughs> the next phrase I'm going to say might be controversial, but I did not really like the film. And I thought the cinematography was beautiful. I thought that... The acting was phenomenal. I feel like we should have an amazing film about Harriet Tubman done, but it like... Oh, it, it's about Harriet Tubman? Yes. Oh. But I don't feel like the film focused on the right stuff. Like, oh. the fact was, she was the first, not even the first African-American, she was the first woman to command a brigade in a war. <laughs> and that was like a footnote in the movie. I, didn't I think realize, I got that right. I didn't realize that. I think I got that right, but they never talked about that in school. Yeah, but like she, <laughs> she led a phenomenal life, and I felt like they just focused on kind of the wrong stuff. I, I just felt like the film needed to focus on other things in Harriet's life. Fact is, she was a bamf. Yep. And I thought that the film kind of lost a little bit of that bamf energy. So forgive me for saying that. It just it, there was something there was some element that was missing for me to have a great story. Right. We're talking about the music now. So Yes. yes. Talking about the music. Because um, <laughs> I don't know anything about the movies. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it's it's done, like I said, by Joshua Brian, uh, Joshua Brian Campbell and Cynthia Irvo. Cynthia actually plays Harriet in the film. Oh, that's cool. That's and cool. side note, Leslie Odom Jr. is in it, and I love him. I don't know who that is. He was in Hamilton. Don't know what that is. Well, I know what it is, but I haven't seen it, so I don't know. <laughs> but he was also in Smash, and he's in a lot of stuff. I just, I love him. Okay. I love him. He's, give him more jobs. He's amazing. And Cynthia was awesome as Harriet. So That's cool. But this is actually her singing, and this is called Stand Up. Oh, film synopsis. I mean, we all probably know what happened, but... Uh, Slave Harriet Tubman escapes from a Maryland plantation and transforms into one of America's most renowned freedom fighters using her courage and tenacity to lead hundreds of slaves north on the Underground Railroad. The synopsis was more exciting than the actual film. Aww. (laughs) I'm sorry. Where is she? Come on back, peaceful. I'm gonna be free or die. I've been walking with my face turned to the sun. Weight on my shoulders, a bullet in my gun. Oh, I got eyes in the back of my head. Just in case I have to run I do what I can when I can while I can for 
the clouds roll back and the stars fill the night that's when i'm gonna stand up take my people with me together we are going to a brand new home far across the made it 100 miles to freedom would you like to pick a new name to mark your freedom Paratum. early in the morning before the sun begins to shine we're gonna start moving towards that separating Salvation, and I'll fight with the strength that I got until I die. So I'm gonna stand up, take my people with me. Together we are going to a brand new home, far across the
Yeah. Okay. Wow. <sighs> Just wow. Okay. I'm sad. I'm sorry, Diane. Um. Wow. That was a really powerful song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> TJ's on the verge of tears right now. I'm not on the verge of tears, but it's definitely a very powerful song. It's very relevant to the subject of the film. Um, you know, you absolutely. Can't, you, you couldn't just like pop it out and it's a standalone. You know, I feel like I feel like it definitely goes to the film. You know, yeah, or at least to the message of that film. So you couldn't. It's not like oh, someone wrote a song and let's put it in here. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's well, and I think that it kind of got a little push by being co-written by one of the stars of the film who actually like lived and breathed this character for as long as she did right it's very it, it's very much an anthem song yeah you know i know i said that about the diane warren song it, that's less of anthem me but <laughs> this is a legit like anthem like it definitely belongs in this type of a film yep you could I could see, you know, in my little brain movie theater, like definitely it being part of like a montage or some like big momentous part of the film. And I do believe this was actually played at the end of the film. Right. So you would watch this film and you would see what all she went through and then you would hear this anthem and it would have a greater impact on you because you just took this journey with her, too. So no, I feel like it should be right there and smack dab in the middle. Yeah, I think it, it like in the having po- in the power moment, you know, having that. seen the film, <clears throat> I no. could I, having seen the film. No, oh, but I could like see when that she's trekking I, and running away from her plantation. Like I could I could see that happen. But no, see her running away happen. from the plantation owner happens super early in the film. So it wasn't like the climax. Oh, All so right. the, the the film actually more focuses on her work in, in the Underground Railroad and and getting people across so it was like there it doesn't feel like in the film there if i'm remembering it correctly it's been a couple weeks since i've seen it but it was there's not really a climax per se because everything is kind of on a high level but it works at the end of the film now i could see the the humming line that goes through the song right working in the film so it's tied to that final moment in the film so yeah but great song so and that was was, yeah it was great that was stand up from harriet and so our next one is into the unknown from frozen 2 music and lyrics by kristen anderson lopez and robert lopez of course they were up i believe for let it go they're the ones that are responsible for let it go (laughs) that earworm that i do I have heard good things about this song. I haven't heard it yet. I haven't uh, seen the film yet, unfortunately. I I mean, I am a Disney head. I love watching Disney movies. Come at me. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but I haven't heard this one yet, so I'm very curious to uh, to give it a listen. The film synopsis is that troubled by a growing imbalance in her kingdom's forest, Elsa, together with Anna... Kristoff, Olaf, and Sven venture into the unknown on a dangerous but remarkable journey. Having once feared her powers were too much for the world, Elsa now hopes they're enough. <laughs> I read that as dramatically as possible. Yeah, I noticed 
<laughs> and so uh, one of the notes was they actually faced a snub in the best animated feature category. So they did get a nomination for best song. They got snubbed for animated feature? Yeah, they're not nominated this year. Uh, Frozen 2 is not nominated for best animated feature. That's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. So here's our final song. And um, this is, of course, Adele Dezim. Adina Menzel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> don't there's a thousand reasons i should go about my day and ignore your whispers which i wish would go away oh. Oh. you're not a voice you're just a ringing in my ear and if i heard you which i don't and spoken for i fear Everyone I've ever loved is here within these walls. I'm sorry, secret siren, but I'm blocking out your calls. I've had my adventure, I don't need something new. I am afraid of what I'm risking if I follow you into the unknown. Into the Keeping me awake. Are you here to distract me so I make a big mistake? Or are you someone out there who's a little bit like me? Who knows deep down I'm not where I'm meant to be? Every day is a little harder as I feel my power grow. Don't you know there's part of me that loves to go?
So that was Into the Unknown from Frozen 2. And, of course, that was Adina Menzel singing, who is phenomenal. I love her voice. She is incredible. But I've loved her since 1996 when I first heard her as Maureen on the original Broadway recording of Rent. And I have purchased several of her CDs, including Minuet and Brave. I think she's a phenomenal singer. And I loved Frozen. I love Let It Go from the first Frozen and... It's not, there's no denying that Adina does not have a great voice. She is worlds beyond, you know, other singers today. I love her. Just that song is very encapsulated into the film. Yeah, I agree. Adina Menzel has a phenomenal voice and a great, she's great at, I mean, obviously because she's Broadway and all that, she's great at conveying the song into a story and, you know, giving it some depth uh i will admit i liked let it go from frozen one better as the like power ballad the power yeah the power ballad pivotal moment song in the movie um then i you know i don't care for this as well so my votes for best song would be stand up the winner is going to have oh, yeah. the word stand in its title. Yeah. I mean, I, I think my number one pick is, is stand up, but I do, but I did really enjoy I'm Standing With You as well. So I fully agree. I do believe that stand up is going to win. It's an empowering song. It's beautiful. It's written beautifully. It's sung beautifully. It's got all those amazing components. It fit the movie without being completely compartmentalized into the like, film itself. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm Standing With You is probably my second choice. Yeah. I, uh, Kind of let, a little let down by the other nominees. I too, actually. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I kind of want to know how the heck they got nominated. There had to be something else out there. Um, and that's not trying to be mean. It's just I, I feel like these two were clearly apart from the other three that are nominated. Yeah, I honestly believe, and please don't hate us for this, yeah. for our opinions. I do believe, opinion. like, the two weakest songs are actually from the, like, veterans of yeah. the music industry. Like, Randy Newman's was very repetitive, and, you know, it, it, didn't, have def- a lot of, it didn't have a lot of substance to it. No, it was it was definitely for an animated film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. And then um, Rocket Man. Yeah. That was a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> If it if he had kind of rocked it back to like his earlier days, like Saturday night. I feel like he kind of did, but it just didn't. I don't feel like it worked. Yeah. I don't know. And I love Elton John. I think Elton John is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And he, he created him. one of my favorite Broadway shows, which was Aida. I loved Aida. And it, there's no doubt, like literally he's been in the, the industry since like the 50s. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no denying that he isn't is not a star. He is absolutely, of course, he's a star. It would be, I would be the worst rock and roll person to say, eh, he could have done better. But <laughs> I would punch you. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I just don't think this was his strongest work. It's still a good song. It's just, yeah, it's it's boops. not one of the weaker of the bunch. Yeah, it's just not as strong as the other two. Yeah. So, so I think. We pretty much have a consensus that Stand Up is probably going to win Best Song. Probably. I'd be surprised Yeah. Um, if one of those two didn't win it. 
But if you're interested to see how uh, we pan out with our predictions, the 92nd Oscars will be held on Sunday, February 9th, 2020 at the Hollywood and Highland Center. I was just there. We went to Madame Tussauds. Nice. (laughs) It was creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if you can't get a ticket into the theater, it'll also be televised on ABC TV at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 3.30 p.m. Pacific Time. Super early. The Oscars will be televised in more than 225 countries and territories worldwide. So I'm I'm excited about seeing them. I, I actually really enjoy the Oscars. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Check out the Oscars. Let us know what you think. Please don't hate us because... Of course, these are our opinions, and we never mean to. It's just our opinions. It's not the end of the world, people. Yeah, we don't mean to offend. Of course, it's just our opinion, and there are going to be people that have other opinions, and that is perfectly fine. And you can feel free to share those with us on all of our platforms. And speaking of which, if you think that we're doing an awesome job, you can help us out with the show on Patreon.com, and that's Patreon.com backslash Rock and Roll Heaven. You can get us on Twitter at Rock and Roll LT, Facebook Rock and Roll Heaven Pod, Instagram Rock and Roll Heaven LT. Still not saying our website. And you can email us at rockandrollheavenlt at gmail.com if I went too fast. They will be in the show notes. So I've got to go get a fancy dress. I'm going to go eat some lunch. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Taco Bell? Possibly. TJ, take us home. Bye. Bye. Oscar. Tell me something, girl Are you happy in this modern world? Or do you need more? Is there something else you're searching for? I'll fall in In all the good times I find myself longing change and in the bad times I fear myself
What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.